G'day guys, welcome to episode 139 of Ask Jack D. In this episode, I talk all things, how do you build a high performance team in a high growth company? I just spent three days talking about this recently to our scalable and saleable members. So this is a longer episode than usual as I give you my entire framework for building a world-class culture that is centered upon people uniting around a particular purpose for the sake of performance. 15 minutes with a question at the end. Stay tuned. And I'm trying to shape history. Pulling from the sky for some strength to take with me. Line up the stars, uh, fly away quickly and push the world forward like a tidal wave hit me. I ride the wave swiftly. I fear no man. Check my titles, mate, quickly. G'day guys, welcome to episode 139 of Ask Jack D. Today we take a question from my new favorite social media platform. Yes, of course. It is the Snapchat uh, from a guy who has a very similar name to me, O'Brien.JackD, sent me a video uh, about a week ago, uh, which I said text through to me so I can screenshot it and answer it in a live Ask Jack D. So here we go. He says, thanks for getting me back to me, bro. That reminds me. Thanks for getting me back to me. Every day I'm having these conversations live with audience over on Snapchat. If you haven't added me yet, if we're not buddies over on the Snap, Make sure you do hit me up. I'm Jack Delosa on all of the things, including Snapchat. So get over there and do that now. He says, thanks for getting me back to me, bro. We are a physio clinic in Newcastle. I've bought and taken over in July 15. Rapid growth, 60% last six months. Firstly, well done on that, O'Brien.JackD. And about to plant our second clinic. How do you manage a growing team of which some are new hires and some inherited? Okay. How do you manage a growing team? So what we're talking here is culture and leadership. The first thing that most businesses and most business owners get wrong when it comes to culture and leadership is that they build on already um, flawed foundations, meaning in my view, 90% of the literature that's been written on leadership, culture, people management is either just flat out wrong or counterproductive. I believe any person interested in leadership needs to come at it from what I call first principle reasoning, which is a uh, principle from physics, which talks about um, going back to the very solid foundations of a particular topic and building from that rather than buying into the Chinese whispers or the theory that is built upon uh, a particular topic. Because if, if the initial theory was right and then, then, then the, the next sort of few principles on any given particular subject uh, were not great or don't still apply today in 2016, and but where our thinking starts there, well then our th we're, we're building on already um, you know flawed foundations, which isn't a good place to start. So we need to go right back uh, to what leadership is, right? So culture, I define culture by uh, one thing, and that is, are we enabling our people to do their life's best work? I'll say that again, the first guiding principle of culture, the overarching foundation upon which we are building, are we enabling our people to do their life's best work? The second thing that I wanna say about culture before we get into some specifics, is uh, this is not something you can fake. You have to be the person your people hope that you are, meaning you have to care. If you're looking at your people as human resources, worse, human capital, which is what the academic textbooks want you to talk about, um, you've already lost the game because your people are not capital. Your people are human beings with 
hopes and dreams and fears and beliefs and values and aspirations and experiences and you know aspirations about what they're going to be doing in the future. So you need to view them as such and you need to care so incredibly much about your people. I care more for my people than I do just about anybody else, probably other than my family on earth, right? Every time I walk into our Entrepreneur Development Centre in Sydney, where we now have 90 staff, my whole body, my whole soul takes a breath and says, Jack, you've just arrived home because we're surrounded by a team with a family feel. So you have to care. If you don't, you will not succeed in enabling your people to do their life's best work. So <coughs> culture needs to be founded upon vision, mission, values. As somebody that studied the greats of history, be it you know, Einstein who rewrote physics 100 years ago, or Nelson Mandela who led the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa more recently, or Oprah Winfrey who, in her own words, disseminates pieces of light out into millions of lounge rooms every day, or Steve Jobs who brought us closer to technology. A question I'm always asking myself is how did these people touch the hearts and minds of so many others to enable them all to move toward one particular vision? What I will tell you is this, guys. Your success in entrepreneurship comes down to your success as a leader. The extent to which you fulfill your vision is the extent to which you can move other people toward it, right? And so I've studied, uh, as well as going through a whole bunch of trial and error in my own life and career around leadership, um, studied those who have been able to, to... become great leaders for many, 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 many people and ask the question, how did they do it rather than what does the textbook say? If I was to con- con- sort of consolidate and to condense uh, their leadership approach down into three core ingredients, it would be vision, mission, values. Vision being the ultimate purpose they held for their life's work. Your vision needs to be contribution-centric. So O'Brien.JackD, do you have a vision in place that speaks to the impact, that speaks to the contribution that you and your business want to make? Not who you want to become, not your goals, certainly not your financial goals, that speaks to the impact contribution that you want to make. Our vision for the entourage, for instance, is to push civilization forward by enabling more people to live on purpose. So your vision is not centered on you, it's centered on your consumer or your community or your country or the planet or humanity or the environment, but something that isn't you. What is the ultimate contribution you want to make? That's vision. Mission is the ultimate goal that is you and is company-centric. Mission, we find in mission the ultimate goal that you and your people can ultimately fight toward. So while the vision of the entourage is push civilization forward, it's contribution-centric, the mission is to be the world's number one education institution for entrepreneurs. It's, uh, it's centered on us. It gives us a standard, it gives us a benchmark, and it gives us something to get out of bed and fight toward every day. So the vision encapsulates the impact we want to make, the mission encapsulates who we want to become. Then the values are the principles that govern and guide who we want to be along the way. I'll say that again for those of you that are writing this down. The values are the principles that govern and guide who we must be along the way. Because if you look at the vision as the ultimate summit and the mission is the path you're taking to get there, the values are who do you want to be along the journey. Because if you're an entrepreneur and you work incredibly hard and you're commercially smart, you will probably reach the summit. Values ensure that we arrive elegantly. Values ensure that we arrive still being who we are, right? 
in fact, becoming more of who we are along the journey. So our values at the entourage are like, be wow, seek to amaze in everything you do. Uh, come from heart, show respect and compassion at all times. Everything's world class. Um, live on the extra mile, have a growth approach, take 100% responsibility for your own growth and we will take 100% responsibility for your own growth. If you Google Jack DeLosa values the entourage blog, you'll find a blog where I've written about all of our 10 values, why I did it, how I did it. Values shouldn't be something that you create. It's not about, <clears throat> it's not like you have your business here and then you write a vision, mission, values and you stick it onto the side of your business. Vision, mission, values should already be inherent in your business. Values are not something you create. Values are something that you identify. This should all just be an extension of you, the founder, and a way to get your magic and your essence uh, throughout the organization so that people get where are we going in the mission, why in the vision, and who do we want to be along the way within values, right? So vision, mission, values is the DNA of your organization, is the very foundation upon which everything else is built. Now, Al, how fast, how, how long have we been going this episode? Uh, about five minutes. Good. I'm going to keep going. This might be a slightly longer episode than usual, but it'll be worth it. So vision, mission, values is the foundation upon which everything else rests. However, you've got vision, mission, values here, and then you've got your people up here, and there's a big gap in between, particularly when you get over about 20 people, right? There becomes a big gap between your intention and your DNA and what you stand for and your people and your people. And what bridges the gap between your essence, your magic, and actually reaching into the hearts and minds of your people, what bridges that gap is structure. Your culture rests upon four key pillars. These are the pillars that get, stand on your VMV and take you to your people. The first pillar is recruitment. Who you bring into your organization is the number one determinant of culture. I'll talk more about that in a second. The second pillar is induction. How are we inducting? How are we indoctrinating people into your world so that they understand what success looks like, so that they understand how to contribute, so that they understand how they can get the most out of it along the journey, right? So recruitment, induction. The third is performance management. Believe it or not, great people want to be accountable. Great people do not want to be in an environment where performance is not appreciated or respected. Great people want to be challenged. Great people want to be pushed. Great people want to know what success looks like and they want to know when they're succeeding and when they're not. So let's not shy away from performance management. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second if we have time. And then the fourth one is leadership. The leadership has to be structural. It can't just be what you do when you're in the office because as your organization grows, again, particularly beyond 20, 30, 40 people, you'll be out of the office less. So if the leadership in your organization depends on you being there and being the person that everyone else rests on, then that's a weak culture because in that instance, you're the pillar. Structure isn't a pillar. So we take you out and it compromises the performance of your people. So your leadership needs, needs to be structural, meaning it is ingrained into what we do every day and every week within the organization. Great leaders don't create followers. Great leaders create more leaders. So structural leadership is about how do we embed um, structured leadership throughout the weeks and months within your business and how do we embed great leadership qualities within the other people within the business right in recruitment let's talk about recruitment you need to be recruiting based on the essence of the human being and competence one of the worst quotes that gets bandied around about culture and a lot i've heard a lot of smart people say this and it is wrong 
in my experience. Hire for attitude, train for skill. I agree with placing more emphasis on attitude and in, in what I'm now calling the essence of the human being. However, I disagree with saying you can train for skill, particularly when you're hiring senior people or hiring people in leadership positions, particularly hiring people in executive positions or hiring people where technical skill is a requirement because we often, we need to be bringing people into our organisation who can uh, bring more skill than the current capability within the organisation. When your organisation is growing like this and you're recruiting five to 10 to 20 or 30 people every single month, you do not have time, nor does your exec team, nor does your leadership team, nor does anybody, regard, you know, depending on how big your business is, to train 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 people every single month. You just don't have time. So you need to look for people, who, the essence of the human being, by that I mean they are a vision, a mission and a values alignment and they have the competence and the skill required to do the job better than the current capability within the business, right? Don't hire for attitude, train for skill. Hire for attitude, hire for fucking skill. Hire for both, right? And does that mean recruitment becomes more, more challenging? Yes. Does it mean it becomes more expensive? Yes. Does it mean it becomes more timely? Yes. Does that mean we're sitting around waiting for people while, you know, we're obviously out recruiting <coughs> that we need, needed like yesterday and we, we're not going to fill them for another week or two or three or four? Yes. And it means we've got to bridge the gap. But we are completely uncompromising in who we bring into our organisation. It all starts with recruitment. Secondly, induction. Induction is so incredibly important, guys. How you welcome and initiate people into your world will... Uh, form the very foundation of their experience in your business. If you want great, so my, <clears throat> the way I look at this is we look for people who have a seed of the, a seed of our ideology within them. Did I just say that right? A seed of our ideology within them. Meaning, you know, our vision and our mission is around changing the education system. It's around um, contributing to humanity by enabling education to perform <coughs> and improve. So we look for people who have a seed of that inside of them. They're not gonna come into an interview and go, Jack, did you know that 53% of people that came, you know, come out of university are underemployed or unemployed? And I reckon it goes back to, you know, when Shakespeare was around and the terminology changed and in the last 50 years, higher education's broken. I think this is where it's gonna be the next 10 years. People don't come into an organization like that. People come in going, I just always felt that when I was going through school, there was something missing. There was something I could have been learning that would have been more important to me. I go, bang. There is the seed of our ideology within that person. So we look to recruit according to vision, mission, values, alignment. Is that seed there? And then we look to induct and build an ecosystem within our business that enables that seed to grow, that enables us to explain why this mission is incredibly important, why we believe in this vision to such a high degree. Performance management, hold people accountable, give them KPIs. They need to know what success looks like. When they're not successful, tell them. When they are successful, tell them. Always come from a position of love and respect. And then in leadership, do things like have rituals ingrained in your weeks that bring your values to life. I'll give you one quick example. At every Friday, 3.30 p.m., so we don't do casual Friday at the Entourage. There's nothing casual about what we're doing. Uh, we're a very informal culture. We're not a casual culture. So we do fast start Fridays, which is we start an hour early and the guys finish an hour early. So they start, I think, at 8.30 and 8 
and then they finish at 4.30. So rather than 9 to 5.30, they go 8 to 4.30. So every Friday if, at 3.30, and I'll bring up a photo of us doing a Made It Happen circle. Every Friday at 3.30, we come together, every single person in the organisation stands in a circle, and we recognise what somebody else or a bunch of somebody else has done that week that is embodied and um, represented the values and the culture of the entourage. So it might be, I've got to made it happen for Jamie Lee. This week I saw she was on the phone to a member until 9.30 at night. She was not hanging up that phone until they got that outcome. We love you, JL, well done. Thank you, buddy. Three, two, one, let's give her some light. And then we give her a clap. And then someone else will go, I've got to made it happen for Chase. This week, Chase, you know, did X, Y, Z in the marketing department and it was really awesome because it upheld our values by doing A, B, C. Let's give Chase some love. Three, two, one, we give him a clap. Um, and so we, so we don't go around in the circle because that would be corporate and boring and we're not. Uh, we j it's just an absolute free-for-all and half the fun is in the spontaneity of people talking over each other and trying to get in first for the next made it happen. One of our values is make it happen, be outcome orientated. And so we do a made it happen circle every Friday to recognize those who have made it happen that week and those who have gone above and beyond. So that's what I mean by structural leadership is ingraining things in your week. Firstly, I just encourage every business to do that. Like in terms of, particularly if you can do it on Friday, if you have a lot of your staff base in on a Friday, it just helps everybody remind, it helps remind everybody the great work that everybody else has done. And it helps everybody feel appreciated and recognized because it's so easy to get caught in what everybody's doing wrong all of the time. But when you start telling people what everyone's doing right and why you really respect and love one another, then it creates a, a, a bond and a strength within the group um, that you know, is absolutely amazing, particularly as they head out on a Friday into their weekend feeling good about themselves. <clears throat> Culture is not about beanbags and fireman poles and table tennis. It's not about the gimmicks. It is about the feeling and the attitudes and the beliefs and the behaviors of everyone within the organization. It is about are we enabling people to do their life's best work. Culture is about a group of people uniting around a purpose, in this case a vision, in order to move toward one common objective, being the mission, right? And how we lead and how we performance manage along the way depends on the structures that we set up. If you can do everything we've just discussed, this was a long ask, Jack D. How long was it, Al? Uh, 14 minutes. 14 minutes. We've cracked the, almost, we, we probably will crack the 15 minute mark. Um, if you can do everything we've discussed, just the last 15 minutes, you will probably do culture significantly greater than like 98% of businesses, um, particularly early stage businesses do because it is so misunderstood and the opportunity is so great for those that can get it right. As you guys apply this, what I want you to do in the comments below right now, not as you've got right now in the comments below, I want to know what was your main aha moment throughout this video? In the comments below, what was the number one lesson? What was the number one thing you learned? What was the number one thing you think you're doing wrong and I've just completely stuffed with the idea and gone, now you need to do this? In the comments below, what was the number one thing you got out of this video? I will be there. Thanks for staying with me for the 15 minutes, guys. I look forward to seeing the number one thing you guys learned from this video in the comments below.